I felt about like Jesus was going to come back any second there. How about you? In that uh, praise and worship unto the Lord this morning. It was awesome. Uh, today, we have a couple things we need to do before uh, I get into today's message. And one of those is something we don't really uh, necessarily like to do, although uh, this is a good situation where we are releasing uh, our, one of our staff families uh, to uh, the next step in their journey of faith. Uh, John and Heather Miller, who have been on our staff for just under four years and have blessed our church family uh, for that time, are going to obey the call of God to start a church next year in Speedway, which is their home community. And so it's kind of an opportunity for them to reach their hometown and uh, I know they are juiced and excited about that, and we are for them uh, to be able to do that. But uh, we want to formally just pray over them here today and release them unto the Lord. And so I'm going to ask John and Heather to come down here front and center, and uh, we're going to uh, have our board, prayer partners, and staff members that are here come forward now, and uh, we're going to pray over these guys and just ask God's blessing uh, upon them, that he will go before them. And uh, I know from planting two churches that it's not a cakewalk. And so uh, we're going to ask for God's uh, powerful blessing to rest upon them. So if you'd like to stretch a hand this way, feel free to do that. And we're just going to pray a prayer of blessing over them this morning. Uh, God, we just thank you so much for John and Heather and their family and we thank you for their commitment to this church and uh, for many times of just giving of themselves unselfishly and uh, providing uh, so many opportunities for kids and families to come together and come to know Jesus. And uh, God, we don't even know how many kids probably that have been baptized and, and who have made declarations of faith over these four years, but God, we just thank you for their lives, their impact here in this church family. And now, Lord, we know you have something else for them to do, a new adventure. And so, God, I pray that you will go before them, that you will open doors that only you can open, that you will provide for them, that you will watch over them that you will watch over their marriage, that you will watch over their children, and that you will just protect their home. And God, that you will uh, just help people to come alongside that can be a part of what you want to do in Speedway. And so, God, we pray that you will just raise up a church in that community that will be a lighthouse of hope to those around and that you will use it for your honor and glory. And so, Lord, today we just place our hands upon this couple and we ask, God, that your anointing would just be richly upon them in the days to come and that you will just go before them in the strength and power of your Holy Spirit. And we commission them to this work that you've called them to. And we do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And uh, there is uh, some refreshments, there are some refreshments and some uh, 
time of fellowship that you can enjoy with the Millers uh, after service today back in the jam area of ministry after service is over. So feel free uh, and please do go back there and tell them how much you appreciate them uh, sharing Jesus and his love for your kids uh, or if it's your grandkids or whatever it is. Uh, or if it's none of your kids, just thank them that uh, those kids weren't in here today. They were back there and uh, sharing, sharing in uh, ministry. One more thing I need to mention, and that is uh, because of the increasing crowds here at Crossroads and needing to help us to uh, crowd control a little bit, uh, we number of you, about 200 or more of you, come after we sing the first song. And hey, uh, that's okay. Not really, but um, I couldn't even do it with a straight face, could I? Uh, But uh, I I get it. Some of you struggle. Just think of it as a doctor appointment that will be canceled forever or whatever if you don't show up on time, and maybe you can get here. But anyway... Uh, in all seriousness, it helps us if everybody kind of moves in. And uh, rather than get up here and have to say, hey, you over there, could you come over here and, and whatever, uh, rather than direct traffic from up here on Sundays, uh, we're trying to orchestrate some of the seating so that we can get people in. And it's especially helpful on communion Sundays like today where we're going to be taking communion together, and when people are scattered around, it just takes extra time in the service to serve everyone uh, when, when we're scattered. So uh, please help us. We're not trying to tell you what to do, okay? Don't get offended. Don't take offense, by the way. Did you know that? Uh, that's a whole nother sermon, but you take offense, all right? You, no one can offend you if you don't take it. You take offense. And so uh, don't take offense. Just to say, you know what? My pastor wants me to sit close and help him preach. And uh, my, my worship leader uh, wants me to sit close so I can, I can uh, participate in the worship. And really, it's all better together. And so uh, just come together each week, and that will help us so much. So appreciate your help with that and your understanding of it as well. Well, today we're continuing on with a series that we launched last week. I've heard a lot of great feedback from last Sunday and then even in between services today, just from this morning, first service, uh, people coming up to me thinking I had their house bugged and different things like that. So that always makes me feel good because the Holy Spirit knows what we need, right? And uh, he wants to speak to us once again today. Here's what we're talking about for four weeks. If you're new to Crossroads, we're looking at this topic of happiness, and we're looking at it through a book uh, in the Bible. We call it a book, but it's actually an ancient letter that the Apostle Paul wrote, and I'll get to that in a moment. But last week, here's what we learned about happiness, that happiness is not so much from from the outside, rather, it's from the inside. You know, it's more about uh, becoming someone new than getting something new. And happiness is part of our journey in God. God is happy, the Bible says. 
Uh, he's a happy God. And so when he lives in our lives, we become happy. And he wants to bring that into our lives. A lot of people think God's in the way of their happiness. But in fact, God is making a way for our happiness, right? How many were here last week? Make some noise, all right? Yeah, all right. So here, here we go. We're going to look at this topic today. And here, here's the thing that I want you to understand and maybe even acknowledge today is it could be an attitude problem. Yeah. And, uh, and, and maybe like the songwriter said, I need a new attitude. All right. So turn to a person there close by to you. Pick one and say, I need a new attitude, all right? I need a new attitude. Some of you thought you were going to tell them they needed a new attitude. All right, how many of you know that a bad experience can turn into a bad attitude? Right? A bad experience can turn into a bad attitude. You know, for example, uh, my family and I, we went to a local restaurant here a few months ago. And um, as we were there in the restaurant, we started looking around. And next thing you notice, we noticed, you know, kind of some dirt and stuff. And then we noticed over under a booth there close by to us, there was some leftover food stuff (laughs) under there. And it was kind of like the more we looked, the more we discovered, and the more kind of grossed out we were getting. And and here's what the deal is, is is we like that restaurant. We like their food, but I got a bad attitude after that toward that restaurant because I thought, man, that's that's just not right, you know? You need to clean up. And, and so as a result, this months later, uh, we've not been to that re- restaurant again uh, because of an attitude toward that because of an experience that we had. I, I don't know, maybe you've had that with food before. I know one time I ate, I don't even know how many blueberry muffins, uh, it was a lot. And so uh, after eating all those blueberry muffins, I got sick. And how many know I couldn't eat blueberry muffins for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it was like years after that before I could eat a little bit. And now I'm back to where I can eat blueberry muffins again, but just not however many. Um, but, you know, that's okay about food, and it's okay about restaurants. But how many of you know you can have a bad experience in a marriage, and then you just transfer that to every marriage? You know, you can have a bad experience with somebody. Maybe somebody cheats on you or whatever. And the next thing you know, all men are dogs. I had ladies shouting in the first service over that. So I just came back and said, well, maybe it was your girlfriend or your wife, right, that cheated on you. Uh, But, you know, we we can do that. Or you can have a bad experience with a boss, and then you get mad at all bosses. And it doesn't matter where you work. You always have a bad attitude about it because you just think everybody's out to get you. Or you invest some money or you give some money towards some charitable organization. And then you hear later that they misused those funds or whatever. And then you're like, well, I'm just not going to give to anybody. 
You know, I'm just not going to, I'm not giving my money to anybody. And so what happened is, is you projected your bad experience into a bad attitude toward everyone. And how many know you cannot be happy with a bad attitude? You cannot be happy with a bad attitude. Instead of getting wisdom from a bad experience and saying, well, I don't have to eat there every time. Or I don't have to eat all the muffins, you know. Or I don't, I don't have to. Uh, not all men are dogs. Not all women cheat. Not, you know, every job isn't bad. And so we can push through and gain wisdom in those things. And here's what we learned last week is we learned, pull up that pie chart for me, that uh, from the how of happiness, here's what they did. They did a scientific study, and they analyzed people, and what they came up with is 50% of your happiness, of my happiness, is pretty much based upon a genetic set point. In other words, some people see the cup half full, other people see it half empty. Some people are more prone toward depression than other people, Right? And so here's what we said last week is, you know, there's only so much you can do about that. And maybe for some people, it, it could be biochemical or whatever. So maybe you need to go see a doctor about that and just say, is there something in there that could be helped? And God has gifted doctors with abilities to help us. And that's no sham or no, no shame to you or anything like that. That's not bad to go see a doctor over something like that. It's not a lack of faith or whatever because God has put, I believe, doctors on the earth to help us. And also, he's put counselors on the earth to help us. And so maybe some counseling would help you to get through that. And so you can do what you can, but there's only so much you can do on that 50%. But bring that chart back up. Uh, Here's what it shows for us is is life circumstances are 10%. All right? Life circumstances. In other words, what happened? She walked out. He walked out. She did this. He fired me. Uh, he let me go. You know, uh, they downsized. They whatever. Life circumstances, we think, are about 90%. Right? Because we think, well, the reason why I'm not happy is because of him or her or that or the other. And if I could relocate, if I could live there, if I could be with that person, if I was married to that person, if I, instead of this person, if I was whatever, if I had more money, then I'd be happy. And here's what they say, is that that's about 10%, all right? Now, we can't control that. Everybody's going to have storms. Everyone's going to have situations that come that are beyond your control, but the good news is that's only 10%. That's only 10% of whether you're going to be a happy person or not. What we're going to talk about for these four weeks is the 40% you can control. You can do something about that. And here's the good news. If you'll do something about it, if you'll impact that 40%, it'll bleed over into those areas of the other 60%. Come on, somebody, right? It, it, it'll, it'll do that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at this ancient book, this ancient writing that Paul wrote. He wrote about half or more of the New Testament. And he writes this letter called Philippians 
that's stored away in your New Testament. And, and here's what this letter is. It's a letter of encouragement. It's a letter of joy. It's a letter of, oh, life's good. And, and, and you know, God is good. And, you know, God's got great things for us and all, all this kind of positive stuff. And, and we read that and we think, well, you know, I wonder who this Paul guy is. Well, Paul, by the way, was in prison when he wrote this. So my thinking is, if Paul could write a letter of encouragement and and talk about his circumstances with joy, then I think maybe I could have some joy today. How about you, right? I, I, I think, I think maybe you could have some joy. And so if he's in on some secrets, if he knows some stuff... I want to know it too. How about you? And so last week we talked about two habits. Everybody that was here, uh, we had two habits that we talked about last week from this writing. And one was we got to switch worry, right? Everybody remember that? Like hot potato, you got to switch worry for prayer. In other words, when the enemy comes in and says, you better worry about this, you better, oh, just soak on that, you know. Just wallow in it. Worry, worry, worry. You got to say, whoop, no, not for me. Not for me. No, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to pray and ask God to do something about it because worry ain't going to change anything, but prayer could change everything, right? Could change everything. And then we said, and then be thankful, right? Be a, be a person of praise and, and thanksgiving because it's hard to be depressed and thankful at the same time. Have you noticed that? Like, like be depressed, but yet count your blessings. You know, it's, it's just hard to do that. And, and so Paul taught us those two habits. Well, today we're going to look at two more habits that Paul has to say to us. And here it is in the very next verse. And now... Paul says, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. And I love that because Paul's my kind of preacher because it looks like he's about to wrap up, but he's not close, all right? (laughs) It's a fake alarm. It's a false alarm. Uh, One final thing. No, it's not, but it's okay. Uh, One final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. In other words, Paul would say, what you're going through is not the big deal. To which you might say, oh, yes, it is, because you don't know my deal. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what she did. You don't know what he did. You don't know what happened to me. You don't know, um, you don't know, no, I'm on stuff, you know? And Paul says, I'm telling you, all that, okay, you, you had all that, whatever, I'm in prison, okay? We can compare notes if you want to. But, but here's the thing. That's not what's most important. No, no. There's something bigger at stake here than what you're going through. And what you've got to do is hold on to what's right when everything around you feels wrong. 
When everything around you feels negative and it's just swirling and, it's, and it, it can get nasty out there, am I right? It, it can just get all whirled around and messed around and everything and spinning you around and things like that. And in the meantime, Paul says, well, here's what you need to do. The first habit of happiness we're going to talk about today. So this is habit number three, if you're counting from last week. This first habit is this one, fix your thoughts. Everybody say that with me. Fix your thoughts. How many enjoy being involved in a fixer-upper, right? Some of you, you know, but Paul says, hey, before, I'll tell you what's more important than new cabinets, or granite countertops, or new bathroom, or whatever, you know, laying some new flooring and whatever. He says, you, some of you, you, you can fix all that, and that's not, that's not good enough. What you need to do is fix your thoughts. And if you could fix your thoughts, it would fix your life. And the reason why is because we know, we know this, that two people can have the same circumstances and come out different, right? You've seen that. You've seen people that have the same situation, but they come out with different interpretations. And we see this in life in so many instances, in so many situations, one person and the other person. It's kind of like cats and dogs, you know, when you think about it, I saw this on the internet. Pull it up for me. Here's how dogs think. The, you know, these people, these people, they feed me. They care for me. They must be gods. But cats think they feed me. They care for me. I must be God. <laughs> if you know cats and dogs, you know what I'm talking about there. See, here's a biblical example. Moses says, we're getting ready to go into the promised land. I'm going to choose 12 people. 12, one from every tribe. It's going to be even. And, and what you're going to do is you're going to go into the promised land that God has said he's giving to us. And I want you to go spy it out and then come back and give a report. And the Bible says that all 12 men went into the promised land that God had said that he was giving to them. They go in there, and after several days, they come back. And two of them say, oh my gosh, the food is amazing. The crops are incredible. You can grow anything over there. It's so fertile. It's so awesome. It is truly a blessed land. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. I mean, it's awesome. And the 10 other spies said, uh, <clears throat> there are, yeah, yeah we, we saw that too, but there are walled cities in the land. And these walls are so high, and what are we going to do? We're not prepared for that. We can't attack cities behind all these walls. There's no way. It's impenetrable. There, there's no way that we're going to be able to conquer these people. We're, and, and besides that, hey, get a, get a hold of this. They have giants over there. And we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. And the Bible says that those 10 spies report just spread. That bad news just 
bread. And Joshua and Caleb are saying, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, yeah, we, we saw those walled cities. We saw those giants. But who are we talking about here? We're talking about a God who we saw take care of a nation called Egypt. We saw him deliver us out of that powerful nation. We were nothing. We were slaves. There was nothing we could do. There's no way we could fight back. We were totally under their thumb. But our God, with a mighty hand, raised us up by pouring out his wrath upon those people and led us out of there under his mighty hand to the Red Sea. And yeah, then we got there and we thought, what are we going to do? But but our God once again came through and opened up that sea. I mean, we saw it. We all saw it. We walked across on dry ground and then watched him drown our enemies behind us. You remember we sang, we danced on the other side because of what God had done. And then he's fed us, clothed us, taken care of us through this wilderness to get us over here. Our God is well able to take care of any and all all walled cities in our lives. Any giant is too small for him. That giant looks like a grasshopper to our God. See, it's all about perspective, isn't it? It's all about perspective. It's all about how you look at things. And so the people believed, though, the bad report. But the good thing is, is Joshua and Caleb still got to go to the promised land. Forty years they wandered around. And, and yeah, there's some, there's some effect that comes your way. There's a 10% factor that comes into your life. But you can choose your attitude regardless of the situation that you're in. And so God commands his people, be happy, rejoice. But then he gives us, Paul gives us eight things to think on. Eight things to think on. Whatever's true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and worthy of praise. Let me ask you, what would happen this week if you ran every thought through that filter if you just said, whoa, 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 before I meditate on that, before I put that up here and spin it around a little bit and think about it this week, does it fit that list? Does it fit this Is it really worthy of praise? What if when you watch TV you had that list? Well, what would that do? What about the books you read? What about the things you do? You know, if you would take that, because here's what I want to tell you, is that your thoughts are leading you somewhere. Now, it may not be where you want to go, but they're going to lead you there. Because if you're thinking negative thoughts, it's going to lead you there. You know, and it affects us. It's like the guy that was taking a nap and he had a mustache, and his, and his son saw him taking a nap, and he went into the kitchen and got some Limburger cheese out of the refrigerator and rubbed it on his mustache. And, and his dad didn't know he did it, and then he put the cheese back, and, and his dad woke up a little bit later. He said, man, this, this room stinks. <laughs> then he went into the other room. He says, well, this room stinks. 
So he went to another room and he says, the whole house stinks. So then he went outside and said, the whole world stinks. How many know the stink was on him, right? See, and you think it's this person or that person and they're hindering me and they're holding me back and it's that walled city and it's that giant that's keeping me back and it's all these other things. And I want to say to you today, maybe, maybe the stink is on you because it's stinking thinking that's holding you back. And so what we've got to do is say, you know what? You know why? Okay, he cheated on me. Okay, she messed with me. Oh, okay, I, they, they took my money. Okay, they messed with me. They did this for me. Oh, they hurt me. They abused me. They did this and all. And I'm not knocking that you haven't been hurt. And you, maybe you could, you, you, you've been hurt more than anybody I even physically know on this planet. But I'm telling you, Paul would say to you from prison, he would say, that's not as big as what's going on in your mind. What's happening in your mind? And let me tell you something, folks. Life's too short to drive down the wrong road. Here's the second thing that Paul says. He says, get this habit. Keep practicing. Everybody say that with me. Keep practicing. You, you got to keep practicing. Because here, here's the deal. Is there's times, let, let's just face it. Can we be honest here today? Huh? Five of you? Can we be honest here today? Hey, are, are there times when you just don't feel like it? I just don't feel like being nice, you know? I, I just don't feel like going there. I don't, I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel like doing the right thing. Paul is going to say to those of us who say, well, okay, Craig, isn't that nice? Think good thoughts, and it, you'll be happy. Oh, that's so nice. Easy for you to say. Huh? You ever had somebody say, oh, just think good thoughts. And you're like, I'll give you a thought, you know. <laughs> give you something to think about. Tell me. You know, it's, it's easy. And so I don't, want, I don't want to come off pithy today. I don't want to come off just lighthearted. Oh, okay, just think good thoughts. But Paul goes a step further in this, and he says, no, you got to do more than just that. You do need to do that. You do need to guard your thoughts. You do need to make sure of what's coming uh, through your mind. But here's the next thing he says in verse 9. He says, and then keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing then the God of peace will be with you. See, it's about practicing, not perfection. See, you don't have to be perfect. You know, you just keep practicing. Does it ever bother you, though, to think about how doctors' offices and all are called a practice? <laughs> you ever thought about that? It's like, I want you practicing on me, you know. But in a sense, it, it is kind of a practice because 
The thing is, I'm not a car. I'm not a, I'm not a piece of equipment. I, I'm, not, I'm a human being, and every human is different. And, and so you give this person medicine, it works just fine. You give this people person medicine, same medicine, and it doesn't work. What is that? You know, it's all, and so I, 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 I applaud every person in the medical field. I mean, I, I can't imagine all these variations of things and all that can go on in that and everything. But here's the deal. It's just because it doesn't work one time doesn't won't work, mean it won't work the next time. And, and when you practice, it, then you get better at it. And the thing is, is I'm still practicing following Jesus. How about you? And if we only let the perfect people in today, if we only let, said, oh, no, 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 only the perfect people can come in and worship God today. I, I've got news for you. This room would be totally, completely empty, all right? I would not be in this room today if it was the perfect people. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes my spiritual walk in, in my life, again, we're just being honest, all right? In, in my spiritual walk over years of time, there have been times where I feel like I take a couple steps forward. Oh, my gosh, I'm walking in faith and victory. Oh, woo, love, joy, peace, you know, it's just popping out of me, you know. I mean, I'm just like full of the spirit, and then I get in traffic, you know, <laughs> from the pit of hell, <laughs> caused by some precious person that <laughs> shouldn't even be allowed to drive, all right? How many know what I'm saying today, right? And next thing you know, you know, I'm, I'm taking a few steps back, you know. But, but I've got news for you. If you just keep on keeping on, if you just keep coming back, and, 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 and it just, it, God doesn't require perfection. He's just wanting you to keep practicing. Just keep on practicing. Keep on reading your Bible. Keep on praying. Keep on coming to church. Keep on leading your kids to church. Keep on doing the right thing. And sooner or later, it's going to stick. Sooner or later, it's going to manifest. Sooner or later, you're going to see the difference in your life. Because I'm not a child of fear. I'm a child of God, right? And as a child of God, hey... I may, I may fall away, I may stumble and whatever, but the good news is my God is forgiving, he is cleansing, his grace is still amazing and will always be amazing in my life. So just keep on keeping on. Now some of you do pretty good with that, but I'm going to take you a step further. Here's like level two, all right? Just don't just show up, think about serving. Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't come just to show up. He didn't come just to soak up. He came to serve. He says, I, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And he taught his disciples to do the same. 
That's what disciples do. They act like Jesus. And so to be more like Jesus, what you might need to do next is say, well, you know, I show up and, and all, but, but keep on practicing. Keep on practicing. You know, I'm telling you, you, if you've never done this before, you don't know the thrill of seeing kids come to Jesus. You know, I mean, serving in kids' ministry and things like that and just seeing their eyes light up and seeing them come to Jesus. And the next thing you know, they're getting baptized up here and you know you had a part in that. I mean, give me a break, right? That's awesome. So whatever it is, you, you just keep on practicing and, and sharing your faith with other people. I mean, yeah, everybody may not jive with it. Everybody may not get into it or whatever. But next thing you know, you share your faith with somebody and they come with you. And they're sitting next to you. And then the next thing you know, they brought somebody else the next week. And then a few weeks later, there's a whole row of you. Because you just kept on practicing. You just kept on, kept on, kept on, kept on practicing. And Paul says it gives life meaning. And when life has meaning and purpose, you're happy, right? You, you have happiness. And, and here's the thing. Let me, let me just uh, share this. And we're gonna, we got to wind this up. We're going to take communion here in a moment. Is practice, am I right? can be hard, right? Practice can be hard. You know, I, I think, you know, if you're in the Avon band or whatever, you practice like nine hours a day or maybe it's 19, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, and, and, it, and here's the thing, though. Here's the thing about practicing is pretty soon you're better, right? You're better than you were. And, you know, here's what you find out is, you know what? I was in traffic today, and I didn't cuss. You know? I, I, didn't, I didn't swear at anybody. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't make obscene gestures. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't do anything. I, I turned up the, the Christian radio, you know, in the car and just praised Jesus that I had an opportunity to, to give him glory out here while I'm sitting doing nothing, you know. And so, uh, you know, you begin to grow, you begin to mature, you become to become more and more like him. And the next thing you know, people are attracted to you and life begins getting good because God is in it. If you'll just keep practicing, it'll go, this will go from information to transformation in your life. You'll be transformed by God. And real quick, one more thing, you could, you could get baptized. There's a baptism class after this service. How convenient is that, right? You could just slip out of here, go in there, and find out what's involved in getting baptized. Or you could go to OnRamp and learn more about uh, becoming a part of the church. Or today, we're going to take communion. And in a, in a moment here, we're going to share in what Jesus did with his disciples on the night when he said, this is my body. You know, not literally, but symbolically. Every time you take this, Jesus said, you show the Lord's death till he comes back. 
And so every time we take it 2,000 years later, we are saying, I don't know if he's coming today. I don't know if he'll come in my lifetime, but I just know he's coming back. He came the first time, he's coming the second time. And you celebrate that. You celebrate sins washed away, that he paid it all for you. And today we want to celebrate that together. So let me pray. Father, thanks for this opportunity to be together today, now to celebrate communion together. Maybe you're here this morning before we celebrate this communion, and perhaps you're away from God. Perhaps you used to walk with God. Perhaps uh, you used to go to church, different things in your life, but somehow, some way, maybe you took offense. Maybe somebody did something. Maybe somebody angered you, somebody, you know, one of the 10% of life's circumstances got in there and, and you allowed it to be not just a bad experience, but then a bad attitude. And if you're here this morning and you'd say, you know what, I, I, I can own that and I want to change and I want God in my life. And I know my life would be better if he was in it. And so today, Craig, I, I want to commit my life to God. Even if I don't know what all that means right now, all I do know is, is I believe I need him. And I want us all to be able to take communion. And the way to do that is we all need to be a part of God's family. And so if you want to get in on God's family right now, I want to pray for you. So just raise your hand and say yes. That's me today. Yes, yes. I see those hands. That's over here. God bless you. Several up there. God bless you. Down here. God bless you. Way over here. God bless you. All right. Several hands around the room, probably in every section. So church family, just pray this prayer out loud with me and with those who raise their hand. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to pay for my sin. I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. So please wash away my past. Free me now. I want to serve you. So as much as I know how, I commit my life to you today. And I thank you for accepting me as a child of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church family, let's praise God for those. They're going to serve our communion now, and so please just uh, help in passing this around and making it available for everyone here. We appreciate your help in making sure that everyone's served and everyone can take communion with us. So if you'll help us with that while we're doing that, hold the bread and the cup until everyone's been served then we'll all take the communion together until we're doing that uh, go ahead and worship the Lord with our worship team